What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, Brett McGrath. I am playing a little bit injured today. I have been struck with the sickness coming directly from the little one. Yes, if you have been paying attention to mainstream news and media over the past week, you can see that the RSV virus has taken over daycares across the nation. Little ones getting it earlier than ever before. My daughter has been battling it for the last week. My first run as being a sick parent, and it has not been fun. Very sleepy. She's been very snotty, all those things, but she is on the mend on the other side of this as I record this. No temperature. Everything is doing well. We're going to send her back into the wild at daycare, Um, but it's been a good recovery. Happy about that. But of course, she passed the baton over to me, and now I am feeling the head cold. I sound a little funny, I'm sure, but you know what? The show keeps going on, and it will always keep going on. That is for damn sure. I'm sitting here. I found the sweet spot of my week to record this. That is right before the games kick off on NFL Sunday. So we've got that. Anticipating big game for the Colts against the Titans. Hope we can get a dub. We will see. NBA tip has just gone on. There's games everywhere, every direction, and I love it. Um, You know, as a Pacers fan, the storyline here is. Benedict Matherin, I mean, Tyrese Halliburton, unbelievable, rebuild, blow up mode, but Benedict Matherin, man, and this is, there's rookies across the league that are um, producing earlier than probably ever before, or the, the, the amount of young guys producing at this level is earlier than ever before, but Matherin is a special freaking player. Uh, recording this, they got their first win uh, last night against Detroit. He's gone back-to-back games with 26 points, 27 points off the bench. Posted this in my story, but the back-to-back 20-point performances off the bench. um, He joins Reggie Miller, who's a pretty good player, as the only placers to ever do so. I was reading a tweet right before I hit record by uh, Zach Cram, and it said, Benedict Matherin is the only, the fifth player in NBA history since 1980 to score at least 72 points in his first three career games and first since 95, joining Isaiah Thomas, Dominique Wilkins, Michael Jordan, Jerry Stackhouse, and now Benedict Matherin. Hype, hyperbole, whatever you want to call it. It's excitement. If you're follow the Pacers ever, we we never have a, a pick this low to get a guy this good. And it looked by all indications, it looked like we nailed it. So it might be a rough season, might not get a lot of wins, but man, it has been fun and exciting to see this guy perform. And I can't, you know, it, it, I wish it was a, a, a time where I could be like, okay, this guy's unreal. He's going to be here hopefully for the foreseeable future. I'm going to go get his cards, buy his cards. But when a player does that, I think one of the uh, tough parts about collecting and, and combating investment culture is that his gold prisms, his one of ones are probably going to go end up in the hands of individuals who don't really care or don't watch him on a night to night basis and are looking to 
profit monetarily, which is fine from a player like that. But man, it's like these instances. I know it, it's it happens to all sports, everyone. My heart goes out to you if you're chasing players that are on your team that you watch and you have their jersey and you're fired up about, but you can't get their cards because others are out there uh, swooping in and selling them for 20x what they bought them for. Keep your head up. Go reconnect with your past. That's what I do. I'm speaking about reconnecting with your past and the doom and gloom narrative across Instagram and all social platforms about the recaps on all these auction houses. Like my my take on the whole situation is like it's gotten to the point where I used to really enjoy these recaps, but now it's uh, it's all like uh, I told you so and doom and gloom and negativity and. I just can't do it anymore. So what I try to do is I do my own research, do my own investigation of what happened in these auctions. And I think the first point I can make is, well, no shit in a down economy are these cards not performing because we're seeing these same cards over and over and over and over again. And they've lost their luster and they're not going to sell for two, three X what they were, you know, two, three years ago. It's just not how it works anymore. And I don't need to hear the recycled thoughts on recycled cards over and over again. Not going to do it. And I just, it just, it's not what I want to spend my time in the hobby doing. So what I did is I went in and looked at what happened at the last premier auction. And I saw a, a light and the light was the sale of the Jerry Rice green PMG card. And I think 15 copies of this card, I believe it was a PSA 6, like it matters. But I, I was digging into this and I was thinking about it based on everything else that was happening. And I thought to myself, okay, you got Jerry Rice, undoubtedly the best receiver of all time, arguably the best player of all time. You've got the green PMG, 15 copies as opposed to 10 copies on, in, on the basketball side. But this is a card you just don't see. You don't see it up for auction. You don't see it available. And so I think, and then you see it sell for $150,000. And that's significant. I think it's significant because it shows that there are cards that are out there that collectors are still trying to grab. And when they become available, it does not matter what the cost of the card is, they're going to acquire it. And the other awesome thing, of that sale was I see the sale. I'm like, that rules. I hope it went to someone who's going to appreciate it. Next morning, I open my phone, fifth down sports cards, post the damn thing and says, hey, everybody, essentially, hey, everybody, it was me. I got this card. And by the way, I got this card because I have the Steve Young and I have the Terrell Owens and I want to pair them all together. That rules. We need more of that. That just like got me so fired up because I was like, this is ver validation and verification that the collecting community drives the sustainability long-term of the hobby. You have an individual out there spending 150 k on a card that doesn't pop up ever, and it's not, I don't know what he's going to do with the card, but my thought process is, is he decided to introduce this card by pairing it with two other Niners players in the same set. And this is a collection, this is a connection. And it really fired me up because so much of what we hear and so much of what people say online is this narrative driven, um, the doom and gloom, the sky is falling and the conversation about the same boring cards over and over 
and over again. And I feel bad for some of these cards because they used to be cool until they started getting posted in auction houses every 10 seconds. And then every individual who owns these cards has something to say about these cards. The punchline is, is that makes the card less desirable and less valuable for people like me and maybe someone like you. So while there are a lot of ebbs and flows, and while you don't have people out there making millions and millions of dollars off of each sale, you do have badass freaking cards selling, and you have collectors buying them, and they're showing everyone that it was them, and I think that's pretty freaking cool. What I'm going to do on this episode, I posted this in the story. I got so much reaction, good DMs, good fodder. wanted to bring what I put in my story on this podcast. This is Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. If you're not already, follow me across all the social channels. Just smash the follow, would you? And if you're not doing it already, tell a damn friend you're enjoying this program. I appreciate that. But what I wanted to do was talk about the maturation of the modern day collector. This is something that I sat down right before my workday with a cup of coffee in my hand. And I was looking through a bunch of posts, scrolling, doing everything, you know, looking at the stories. And it just hit me. It just hit me. And it's part of this has been a, a lot of feedback that I've gotten recently from you, the listener of the show basically telling me like, you know, what's pretty cool about your show is the fact that you are, you know, you, you have a whole, um, you have a whole history of someone getting back into the hobby during the hype period all the way now. And you've expressed and shared your evolution and maturation in the hobby. So what I wanted to do was take my experience and try to share it out and say, here are some of the stages. Here's what I've gone through. And I think some of you have gone through similar phases as well. And part of the reason why I started this damn program during the pandemic is because I thought to myself, if I'm revisiting this, the hobby, and I'm in mid to late 30s, there's probably a whole lot of other people out there doing it too. So why don't I share my experience and hopefully connect with other people going through that as well? Well, flash forward to where we are now and... Things have changed for me. I think things have changed for you, especially if you are on the same track or trajectory as me. So what do I want to do? I want to try to be a voice of the modern day collector in this damn hobby. So what I'm going to do is share some of those thoughts that I posted earlier and maybe go into a little bit of detail on what I mean by certain things that I say. So why don't we do that? This is the maturation of the modern day collector, and we are going to start off with phase number one. Before I get into the phases, today's episode is sponsored by Mucinex. Mucinex is a medicine that you have to take for a long time until it does something and it starts to clear up your sinuses. And what often happens is you take it a couple days and you're like, this isn't doing anything and you give up. But when you stay on course and you're taking Mucinex when it feels like you have a vice on your head, then you get healthy. So shout out to the unofficial sponsor of today's podcast, Mucinex, and hope you come back and keep funding the show because there's a lot of sick people out there. And the more Mucinex that we take, the more healthy or the more less congested we will be. Thank you, Mucinex team. So back to the moderation of the modern day collector, phase number one, re-enter the hobby. Okay, so it's, we all 
get to this point where we come back. And most of us are coming back because we previously have been there at an earlier time in my life, in our life. And sports cards come back into the hemisphere after this long hiatus. And we listen to close friends talk about cards and them entering cards. Maybe we see a mainstream publication or an internet celebrity talk about sports cards. It piques our interest and we begin to explore. I think reflecting on what got you back in then is likely not what kept you here now. And that's really interesting, I think. And I think that helps to explain the evolution and the maturation process. I'm fortunate where I have logged hundreds of hours of conversations with collectors like you out there listening. And it's an evolution. If I rewind the tape back to, you know, two years ago, and I was talking to somebody that had, you know, was on a trajectory that started two years before me, they were probably at a stage where I'm at now. And I think that's interesting. I think it's never about what got you here, but it's about what got us to stay. And I think the biggest thing is the the money component where it's we come in because some huckster or somebody's flashing some narrative around sports cards as a vehicle to you know supplement your income and satisfy you financially. But from a sustainability perspective, that's not what has kept me in and probably most other people. I think thinking short-term, transactional leads to attrition. It leads to attrition and people fall out the bottom. But it's, there's opportunities through these stages where we can connect with our past and that gets us to stay and not only stay, but double down and get really excited about it day-to-day basis. So we re-enter the hobby in phase one. Phase two, there's content consumption. I think we access readily available content. We start joining communities. This is something I did. When I first got back in the hobby, I literally went to my Apple podcast and typed in sports cards and I followed everyone. I listened to everyone. I got on Facebook. I got an Instagram. I joined all the communities. And looking back on it now, 90%, maybe higher of the content and the communities that I joined, the punchline around all of the activity was about the dollars. And I don't want to be a guy that's on this podcast that people are listening to and be like, this guy's full of shit. Of course he cares about money. We all care about money. I am not saying that. What I'm saying is that it's the reason why I collect cards, the primary purpose isn't to profit off of those cards. Because a majority of the cards, unless I get into a circumstance where I'm going to end the show with, where I have to sell, majority of the time, it's about satisfying and building a collection that is important to me and not anyone else. But no one I could find was talking about that. So I didn't even know that was really a thing. Everyone was talking about buy card, sell card for more. That's That was the narrative. So that was the state of the content landscape. And I would say there are a lot of I listen to and I follow a lot of awesome creators who are more collector driven. But if you're putting collector content versus investment content side by side, one's going to outweigh the other, no doubt about it. And so when we enter these communities, we listen to this content, we don't have any direction. 
We don't have any direction. We have people slash influencers trying to give us direction. And the direction sucks. It's really bad direction. And we're trying to gather as much information as possible so we can get into the action and we consume content about the value of cards. A lot of it's about the excitement of breaks. A lot of it's about cards going up. And so you get get stuck in this trap of thinking that's what this hobby is just all about. And I think phase two is when the hobby mainstream sinks its teeth in us. It's all about the new. It's all about the trendy. Funnels are created from each of these content platforms, online apps, and selling communities. They have funnels created so us as the newbies come in and enter their sales funnel. And people, this is facts. Like I do this, B2B marketing, create pipeline sales funnels for a living. And so it doesn't take me long to observe the landscape and just see, okay, all of these individuals aren't trying to create value. They're just trying to push you through their funnel. And they're trying to profit off of the new and people who are uninformed. That is the playbook of the mainstream. It is very evident. It is very apparent. And quite frankly, it's embarrassing because a lot of these people um, are taking these playbooks that happen in business and putting it in front of their thing and trying to get you to do and react the way they want to. Um, And that's just the way it is. That's the nature of the beast. And the only way that we can break through and get out of this is if you as an individual come to the realization that you're involved in someone's game instead of running your own game. So that's phase two. And that's why it's, this is why I'm super passionate about what I'm doing in this show, because I hope if you are a new participant and a new entry into the, and this part of the reason why I tell you to go tell a damn friend about the show. If you're new and I don't have all the words, I don't have all the experience. I don't have everything. I don't have it. But what I can tell you is I have passion around education and providing value. And the way I'm doing that is sharing my experience because I want others to not just say, okay, I'm going to do what Brett said on Stacking Slabs, but I want new people who are listening to the show to consider all the facets and phases of what's going on because I want people to stay. And the way to get people to stay in this hobby is to get people focused and passionate around collecting things that they actually love. Phase two, that was content consumption. Phase three, we cast a wide net. It's like the fishing analogy. We begin to buy cards. We begin to buy these cards based on the perceived upside from the hobby celebrities and what's trendy on the mainstream selling platforms. Oh, my neighbor is doing it. He on Instagram is doing it. This guy who's got this YouTube channel who has 50,000 followers is doing it. So I've got to do it. We don't love the cards we buy. We think we love the idea of using these cards as a vehicle to benefit financially. We have a collection of cards without any connection. And I think, I think about the early PC that I had, and it was directionless. I think it was essentially rookies that you're gambling on, or I was gambling on. There's top five this and top five that, and it's just, we're trying to get in and we're trying to get ahead of everyone when all of a sudden we're just buying cards that we have no connection to. Phase four, the realization. This is a phase before the realization that many people a trip. People fall out the bottom and they go stop buying cards. They leave the hobby and they go move over to the next trendy thing. 
flavor of the week. We see the volatility of the market for the first time. All the cards we own went down from the purchase price and we have no real connection of these cards. We consider leaving because losing money on stuff sucks. What sucks even more about losing money on stuff is losing money on stuff that we don't even care about. I think especially when we're buying a bunch of shitty mainstream cards that someone pushed on us. We're like, what were we doing? We come to the realization. We think about leaving. I think this is kind of the, the, the moment where we're on tilt. And I think people leave because people don't have the opportunity to see the other side of it. And the other side of it is connecting based on connection and treating the damn hobby as an escape. Phase five, the look back. Instead of leaving, we decide to approach cards for the same reason we did when we were younger. We look back to the earlier time in life. And during that earlier time, of course, we wanted cards that we collected and bought to go up. But we were buying these cards because they were cool, and because they meant something, they were significant to us. We embrace our younger self and it motivates us to stay. We decide to connect with sets, players, and products that make us feel something. We begin to connect with the community who treat the hobby as an escape. We begin to find our footing, and we get addicted to collecting. It's inspiration over influence. We get inspired by other people who have found their happiness, who are curating collections that are powerful, that connections that are unlike anyone else's. We begin to trust these people and we build these relationships and we have freaking fun. Phase six, and this is the last phase I've documented for now. There are more layers to all of this and I will get into them probably another another date. And if you haven't been able to tell, I'm really passionate about this, but this is where I tie a, a bow in it. And that's phase six and back to the fishing analogy. Instead of casting a wide net, we are fishing with a freaking spear. And I think we know exactly what cards we want. We know exactly what players we want to collect. We oppose the old way of casting the wide net and we start fishing with a spear. Each purchase is intentional. It connects back to a broader vision. It becomes a piece in our collections. We block out the bullshit. We connect with others who are doing the same thing and we appreciate the hobby, what the hobby can offer to our lives. It's building something. It's evolving. It's selling stuff we love to level up. It's making deals with friends. This isn't a linear path. I don't want you to think this is a linear path by me calling out these phases. And by God, it is different for everyone. But I think it's recognition. I think recognition is everything. It's figuring out where you fall in line and where you're trying to go and what goals you have. And I love this damn hobby. And I think the the maturation of the modern day collector is something we should all be considering. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Got a ton of good feedback with Austin Carlson Cards. Really good dude. Very insightful. I love his story. Go check out his page. And if you haven't already, go listen to that episode. I'm excited to bring back a guest from a while back. And one of the best dudes in the hobby, Jake Roy, 90s B-Ball Cards, is coming on the program. And we're going to be talking about connecting with our past and connecting with our past through 90s basketball cards and giving or we're going to have a conversation and create an episode on if you want to get back into collecting 90s basketball cards here are the steps and things that you should be considering part of the reason why I want to do this is because it is something I am thinking about and there's no better person in the hobby to help guide me through that 
than my man, Jake Roy. If you're not already following him, go follow him on Instagram, 90s B-Ball Cards, and also go follow his YouTube content. Always something I am watching when I've got some time. I want to close out this episode by talking about the selling of it all. And as collectors, I think something that uh, we lose sight in sometimes is the opportunity to sell. And I think it's this, it's not necessarily consolidation to me, but it's more along the lines of selling stuff in order to fund cards that we really, really need, but it doesn't make sense for us to reach into our bank account and do and, and get. So I've been going through this process recently with wrestling cards and I was fortunate, shiny, low serial numbered wrestling cards went absolutely nuts before they got trendy because I love them. I've talked on a lot of different shows about it. Um, and it was a moment, one of my, my probably biggest moments where I just love wrestling, freaking love it. it. My escape, just like the hobby. And I knew I wanted to collect wrestling cards. However, what everyone else was talking about didn't resonate. And I couldn't understand why people necessarily weren't buying these, you know, Chrome, Finest, cards that I collect in football cards. And so I just went nuts on it. So I cast a wide net where I just started buying a bunch of everything. And I think gotten to the point with my football collection where I've got specific players, Peyton Manning, Phillip Rivers, Matt Ryan, Marvin Harrison, Edron James, Reggie Wayne, Colt stuff. And that's, that, that's my, all of it centers around my team, which is the Colts. And that's the area of focus and where I collect. So I literally have had so much did I mention Andrew Luck? I, I, I might have missed Andrew Luck if I... Sorry, Andrew Luck. But I, speaking of Andrew Luck, I'm having more fun collecting Andrew Luck now than ever before. It's great. <laughs> I'm, I've hit the nostalgia. And I've got a luck coming in, a couple of lucks coming in this week. I'm excited to share. But what I'm really excited about is looking at what I've done on football cards and then looking over at my wrestling card collection and being like, all right, it's time to get more focused. and so. I think I feel very satisfied on this turn and I feel very satisfied with the direction I'm going. I think I was going too wide. I have great cards, but you know what? I'm up on these cards and I bought at the right time. So while I want to focus more on certain areas, Roman Reigns, who you all know I love and I'm buying some of his best cards right now, I want to be a guy who's got one of the best Roman Reigns collections in the world. That's, that's kind of what I want to do. So instead of having a bunch of stuff, I want to be focused. And so that's what I'm going through now. I've had auctions up. I've got an auction, auctions going, closing out on, on Friday on eBay. I'll probably post them in my stories, but I've got some 2014 gold stuff, Undertaker, PSA 10, Brock Lesnar, PSA 10, bunch of good stuff. Stuff like six months ago, I was like, I'm never going to sell this stuff, but I'm not an Undertaker collector. I'm not a Brock Lesnar collector. I just have these cards, but there are Undertaker and Brock Lesnar collectors out there um, that, I know probably would love these cards because they're low pop. Pop four on the Taker, pop three on the Lesnar, I think. And I, w- I want to take those money and put, and put it into other stuff that I'm, I'm into and more focused on. So I think going through these turns as a collector is really exciting. And is it easy? No, absolutely not. It was like, do I, I, so many debates. Do I do this? Do I not? And finally, you just pull the trigger. And when I, once I pull the trigger, it's like you don't look back. You start focusing on moving forward. 
I love this hobby. I love collecting sports cards. I love doing this show. I love everything about treating this hobby as my escape, especially when we are in a period of time where we are all busy professionals. Some of us are parents. And I'm not sure where I'd be without sports cards and having this opportunity to get up here weekly and talk about my experience. So you, the listener, I want to thank you. Appreciate you coming back. Appreciate you telling friends. And I appreciate you sliding in the DMs, giving me feedback, and also sharing your damn cards. Remember, it's always about the cards. It's always about the relationships. Make sure you're having fun. If you're not having fun, take a little breather and find your focus. The more we find our focus, the more we enjoy this thing. And I'm just a guy out here talking about my experience. Jake Roy, 90s b-ball cards, back on the program, talking about getting into 90s basketball cards. If you're looking, exploring, not going to want to miss this episode. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. I'll be back. More stacking slabs on Friday. Peace out. Peace out.